that was uh, Gina Sala. Uh, Sala. Uh, uh, she uh, has a wonderful quality to her voice. I enjoyed what she had to say. She was very insightful. Obviously, somebody who studied uh, spiritual tradition for many, many years. As she said, she started when she was two. She's lived in ashrams. She's lived in monasteries. And uh, she's very active on the uh, on, on the speaker circuit and performer circuit, I guess. And, and uh, I'd love to hear her in person. Have you ever heard her in person? Yeah, a few times. And uh, it's always a tremendous treat, actually. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people doing kirtan now. Virtually, you know, every yoga studio in the country has uh, kirtan. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, and um, there's concerts and festivals and recordings and a lot of people with no or little to no musical training you know can learn to certainly anybody can chant but even people can learn to lead chants you know just pick up a harmonium and learn a few things and many people do but very few uh, really have the depth of uh, training and experience that Gina has, and so um, uh, her performances and her uh, the the times I've been uh, lucky enough to to be in the audience, uh, they've been they're really special. And she has a, a certain charisma and uh, magnetism that uh, is exceptional. Right, that certainly came across in her speech. Uh, you know, for me, I, I listen to a lot of kirtan, a lot of chanting, and uh, I put them into two categories. Uh, one would be uh, uh, very abstract, uh, not so connected to feeling, like when I used to listen to the chants of Rig Veda, Samaveda, and maybe different pundits do it different ways. And then there's chanting that is more devotional, I guess more bhakti, and mm -hmm. certainly that uh, I'm more drawn to. Even in the chanting of the Hare Krishna, Folks, uh, there's a lot, a real depth of feeling, and uh, there's a number of uh, kirtans I've heard, and, and I'm not always uh, remembering uh, those that were leading the chants, but it's extremely powerful. And, and, and there are people that like the very abstract stuff uh, that I was referring to as well. Uh, sure. And I, and I think it's all good, and uh, it would be great if uh, we could incorporate it into our daily lives for those that want to do it. And, I, and that's why I asked her about recordings. I'm sure something is lost in a recording, but there's mm -hmm. still a lot of value there. I, I, uh, I've listened to puja on recording and, and uh, different uh, chants that are very powerful. And there's, you know, up, uh, absolutely positively some effect is there. And, and I'm wondering as recordings get better and better, uh, if there'll be uh, less distinction in terms of effect between uh, hearing it live and hearing uh, a recording of it, but in any event, yeah, yeah, and you can, you know, the the comparison is to you know any form of great music, right? Uh, you know, I I have a lot of music recorded, and I listen to it, but it's not the same right. as hearing the same performer live in concert if the conditions are are great, and it's not just the quality of the sound. There's something about the the directness of it and and uh, something about the human connection, perhaps. But, you know, we're lucky. We live in an age when we could listen to the best performers in, in any music form, but especially kirtan. 
in in our homes. You know, you don't always have access to that. Right. And people can get Gina's recordings or Krishna Das's or Jayutal's recordings and any, you know, many, many kirtan artists and chant along at home, uh, you know, where's the opportunity to, to be at a concert or a, uh, a satsang with them might be uh, limited. So uh, it's a great it's a great thing. And, you know, this goes back a ways. You know, you mentioned the Hare Krishna chanting. Back in our day, <laughs> not to sound too old, but back in, you know, the 60s, they were the only ones doing this, you know, right. sort of traditional mantra chanting. And they just seemed weird to everybody. Uh, but it was very infectious to, to chant along with them and so forth, and, and, and many people did. And now they're, you know, sort of the elder statesmen of Kirtan. Uh, those people trained in that tradition, they had a big impact on all the Kirtan wallas that uh, followed. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, she also mentioned, uh, you know, the effect when uh, several people are chanting together. And, mm -hmm. then, you know, uh, if you've ever been in that situation where there's, you know, a few dozen people, a few hundred people, or even a few thousand people, it becomes very powerful. You know, you see that at a football stadium. But That's right. But you think about uh, mantras that uh, have a, uh, <laughs> a life-supporting effect, it, it can be very, very uh, uh, powerful, both for the individual and, and I think has a direct impact on the atmosphere. I, I think we need more of it. Uh, you know, I've had an association with the TM movement over the years, and they had... Uh, uh, a few thousand pundits chanting different verses from the Ved, uh, the Veda that uh, was, uh, you know, the, the, the purpose was uh, world peace or creating a good vibratory influence in, in the world. Uh, I haven't seen, I, I mean, I haven't seen a direct correlation at this point, but God knows what the world would be like if, if it wasn't for folks yeah, yeah. So uh, And there's know. groups in India, you know, doing that kind of thing. I remember going to the Kuma Mela in 2001, and um, there was a big earthquake in uh, Gujarat, which is about six 700 miles from where the Kuma Mela was, and within hours... One of the uh, some of the swamis had gathered hundreds and of of pundits, you know, trained people, and they were doing these healing chanting from from a distance. So you know that that's a long tradition of uh, you know sending out proper appropriate sound vibrations into the atmosphere, um, whether internal or in group. Uh, chanting and so forth. I mean, and there's, it's a science, you know, this goes back a long way. Uh, Gina mentioned, uh, mentioned this in, in her uh, converse, in our conversation, she mentioned the term Nada Yoga, which is essentially the yoga of singing or the yoga of sound. Shabda is another word that comes to mind. And, and so th these, this, these are ancient sciences right. that, you know, now, with modern technology, and now that uh, it's caught on in the West, so we're now hearing different rhythms, different instruments being used. I mean, I've been to kirtans uh, where you know traditional mantras are being chanted, but the music might have you know a plugged-in bass, a set of you know regular you know Western-style drums in addition to tabla. Uh, 
you know, so so and r- different sort of rhythms. Um, so we're we're getting a uh, a bit of a uh, cross cultural experience. Right, right. As and well. you know, every every tradition has chanting. I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a Trappist monk. So you know, Catholic order of monks, and he was explaining uh, that uh, in, in certain chants they do. It's it's uh, like a form of, of pranayama in that. The way they chant, and I don't recall exactly how he, he, he explained it, but it, it, it put them in a certain type of rhythmic breathing, which he felt uh, really settled the mind and body and put one in a, a deep spiritual state. Uh, so I think there's, a, uh, it, like you said, it's a science, and there's many angles to it. Uh, I look forward to hearing, I, I mean, I would really I mean, love to hear her uh, perform live and like jazz and classical music, especially, you know, you want to, you want to hear it. You want to listen to it live. Maybe heavy metal, yeah. it's not as necessary. I don't know, but to get the full, well, I guess for the full impact of any music, you hear it live. So I encourage people, if you've never done it before, go hear somebody, uh, uh, doing kirtan. We've had a number of people on the show now, uh, who do kirtan and all, uh, really fabulous folks and, uh, you know, enjoy it. And, and, uh, and even for those that practice a quiet meditation, I think hearing uh, these chants before meditation uh, just m- helps you to settle down even more. Yep. Or and or doing it after meditation right. also has a you know a different kind of profound effect. Um, so yeah, it's a, another thing to add to people's uh, repertoire of spiritual practices, and you know, and it's just a really good time if you go to a group, you know, a session of where being led by a, a good kirtan artist. Uh, it's uh, it's very elevating. Well, Phil, until next time, and. Uh... Uh, we, by the way, to our listeners, we're trying some new recording devices, and uh, we'll uh, get your feedback, and uh, we'll listen ourselves to see uh, what the effect of uh, sound is, the sound you get from us uh, by okay. different types of recording. So till next time, Phil. Okay, okay. Dennis.